listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. What's up, guys? Yeah, clap it up. <laughs> you doing okay? Can y'all believe that like two days from now is November? Nah, we can't. It's crazy. It's crazy. And exciting. It's what time? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh, food time. Food time. I thought you said mood time. I was like, you, like you're the mood setting? Like, sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm excited for tonight. I know it's a little different with uh, the way we're doing things, but it'll be a good time. Um, hey, I want to say this. I have truly enjoyed uh, this series and, and getting to talk with y'all about dating, it's been some, there's been some fun conversations and y'all have asked some really honest questions and I appreciate that. Um, I was thinking earlier when I was in college, one of my best friends, he's, he's a little bit older than me, and uh, I, think it's, I think he's probably got, probably got five or six years on me. I think I was 20 and uh, he was 25 at the time. But uh, I remember one time we were at, we had gone bowling or something and uh, went to Sonic afterwards and we were all like hanging out, and we like we you know did the cool thing, got out of our cars and ate our food. Like that's not really cool, right? And so we're hanging out talking, and somehow we got on the topic of dating and marriage, and like, and like uh, all wise young people do, we like we're planning out our lives to the T, like exactly when we get married. Though none of us had girlfriends, that kind of thing. And we're all talking about it. And I remember I was not trying to be a jerk, but I said, I said, man, I just. Whatever the case, I just for sure do not want to be 25 and not married. And my best friend was 25 and not married. So he was like, bro, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, oh, my bad, bro. Um, it's, it's, I say that because it's been fun. Some of y'all, like some of the questions you wrote and even just talking to me have been like, hey, bro, I, I've enjoyed the series and everything. But honestly, like I've not really dated much. And like what you're saying, like it all sounds fun and good, but I just would love to experience it for the first time maybe ever. <laughs> like, and, and I want to say like there's probably more of you in the room uh, than you realize that, that like, are like that. Like I've not dated before. And I want to encourage you a little bit, um, though I, I don't think that you just like sit and wait for the Lord to drop someone into your lap, right? I don't think that's how it works. Um, but I do think that if you're just patient and pursue the Lord, you may be surprised at when and how and who God brings into your life. I mean, I know when I, when I met Lauren, uh, I think I've told you all this before, but uh, quickly I'll say it again, that I'd ha- we, had, we had mutual friends. We, we didn't know each other, but we had mutual friends. Um, and for like two years straight in college, they kept telling me I needed to meet this girl named Lauren because she was going to be my wife. We're going to be madly in love. And I was always like, Stop. Leave me alone. I'm not that desperate. Like, you don't have to, like, set me up. And then, uh, and they were bugging Lauren. She had a boyfriend at the time. And she's like, I got a boyfriend. Like, leave me alone. And, and sure enough, and I was actually fixing to move to Texas when we met. Like, I actually go to work at a camp in South Carolina and then moved to Texas. So it really, like, logically didn't make sense. But sure enough, like, that was, like, God's plan, I guess you could say. And so just, I want to encourage you to be patient and hang in there. Continue to, to dig into God's Word, continue to grow like as your own individual person. Um, and I would say also continue to be in community. I think when, whether you've dated before or not, I think when you're single and you, you kind of get those lonely vibes, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like you're sitting at home all Friday night, 
uh, eating cookies and drinking chocolate milk and watching Netflix and like, <laughs> I'm so lonely. Um, uh, I think it's, it's some of y'all are like, bro, not cool. That's, that's what I did this Friday. <laughs> um, I think it's easy to, to not just be discouraged, but to want to just isolate yourself. And honestly, that's like the worst thing you could do, right? To just choose to live in isolation. Like you need to really choose community. Um, the past, uh, or last week, we talked about some of the principles of how to, the, the, we can't turn to the Bible and be like, you know, in Ezekiel chapter 3, the seven, which if it was from Ezekiel, there would probably be some crazy principles, right, from going old school, Old Testament there. But we can't look and like see these exact like biblical principles for dating. But at the same time, there are biblical principles that we can apply today and that should maybe drive the idea like of how we date. And so we started that last week and we looked at, um, first of all, just the idea of prayer, like you should approach it with prayer. Um, approach it with clarity, so speaking the truth and not playing like stupid games. We talked about autonomy, that you're either single or you're married in God's eyes. There's no this in-between like, we're dating, we get to have, I don't know what this is, um, we, we get to have some like benefits. No, you're either single or you're dating. And then the, the fourth thing was grace, right? So treating them as a son or daughter of the king and acting like a son or the daughter of the king, like having some dignity. Um, and so tonight, what I want to do is, is Finish up the, kind of the last two principles. Again, a lot of this coming from the book, Single Dating, Engaged, Married by Ben Stewart. But quick question to kind of create some momentum. How many of you have bought that book since we started the series? Or you have it, period. Several hands. Have you started reading it? Keep your hand up. Is it good? Did someone, I thought someone said no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think overall, I, I mean, I was hoping for a little more excitement. But I saw a lot of head shaking, yes. And actually, when I've talked with you one-on-one, maybe I'll be shy. The people I've talked with one-on-one about the book have, have been very excited about it. Anyways, so tonight we're going to kind of finish up some of those concepts from, from that about how to date. And, and then also look at how do you know that you know, right? Like, how do you know when it's like the one? Um, and so we're going to talk about that just very briefly. And then we're going to spend the last little bit uh, doing kind of a Q&A. So we'll get to there in a second. So getting back to that, the how principles Again, we talked about those four last week. The fifth one we want to talk about is what I just mentioned a second ago, is community. Like, it is so incredibly important that as you're, really any time in life, but especially in, in a dating relationship, to have community. Meaning, um, I think maybe a good way to define this is allowing other people who you trust and respect into the conversation who can provide wisdom throughout the process. So again, I think what I see in, in, in young people, I just don't mean like college young adults, but even like, not just young people, it really people, period, who are dating, whether it be adults or whatever, um, that when they begin, in a, they get in a relationship, they automatically what? Yeah, seclude themselves, kind of withdraw. And, and that's not healthy. It's really, and I would say even for a marriage relationship, that's not healthy. Like if Lauren and I always kept to ourselves and never spent time with anyone else, that's a little bit creepy, right? Um, and you're not going to have healthy relationships uh, outside of each other. Like, it's not, it's not going to be a good period. So community is important. And partly it's important because when you get in a relationship and you get, especially when you first meet somebody and you're a little bit infatuated, you start acting a little bit crazy. Yes, that's right. I don't know who said that. A little crazy. I remember um, uh, our friend Garrett who came and spoke at Fall Retreat this year. Um, he was, how old was he when he met Chelsea? Probably 32 or so, about 32. And uh, he had, for a long, so Garrett was a high school pastor at the church, and people were always trying to play a matchmaker with him, like always. And he almost, like, he just almost never would, would go on dates because he just, he didn't want to play that game. And I remember, uh, similar to Lauren and I's story, uh, Brian Jones, who 
uh, you know, some of y'all know who Brian Jones is. He's on staff here at the church. Brian and Amy were telling Garrett, hey, you got to meet this girl. She's coming to visit. Hey, I'm sorry. Can, uh, can, one, can some more of your dudes help grab some chairs back there? I think, sorry. And that's like random. I just, if we could grab some more chairs, that'd be awesome. Um, anyways, we don't, need, we don't need like 10 guys, just a couple. Like every guy gets up. <laughs> Man, what gentlemen. <laughs> they saw the girls back there. Just kidding. Terrible joke. Okay. Um, so uh, anyways, Gary. Oh, yeah. So they were like, hey, you have to meet this girl named Chelsea. So we were, she came into town. And uh, I think it was, so she came to church that Wednesday night. And I remember Lauren and I were going to hang and talk with Garrett and Chelsea because it was kind of like, hey, in case this doesn't go great, we want to provide a little, like, help for you guys. And it was like Lauren and I weren't even in the room. So they, they were just so engaged with each other. Well, the next day, that Thursday, they were gonna, we were all going to go, uh, several of us were going to go to lunch at West Crest Pizza. It's moved now over by Alamo, right? But West Crest used to be on 82nd. And so... Uh, Garrett and I used to always go to West Crest, like constantly. He, he loved like the Beast Pizza, or whatever. It's like, anyways, we always went to West Crest. Well, we're driving to West Crest. I'm driving behind him, and Chelsea's in the car with him, and he drives right past West Crest, like completely past it. So I called him, like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" He's like, "Bro, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I just totally forgot to turn." And in my head, I'm like, "This dude's in trouble, right?" Because when you get excited about someone, even if they're a good person, I don't mean like it's a bad thing. Even when they're a good person, you can start to act kind of crazy, right? Because you just, you like forget who you are and like the meaning of life. And you're just, you get so infatuated with these people. So here, here's, that's why, partly why community is so important. Because they can kind of keep your head on straight, right? To be like, hey, whoa, think about what you're saying. Think about what you're doing, right? Like, let's get, get some perspective on the situation and not just dive head first in without giving any thought to what you're doing. Um, so an incredible verse to, to think about with this is Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So just to like say it maybe a little more bluntly, if you isolate yourself in a dating relationship, you're being a fool. I'm not telling you, that's what the Bible says. Like, to, to, to listen to your own advice and like, I'm not going to care what people think, that's being a fool. Um, a godly person, a wise person, listens to advice. Like, they don't think they have it all together. Uh, man, I love these questions because I think they're honest. Two of the questions that I want to go ahead and answer now instead of in the Q&A later. Um, I'm going to read them together because they're very similar from different people. Uh, again, these are honest questions. I probably felt this at a time or two in my life. Um, how do you keep your friends out of your relationship? Similar question. Uh, this is from, from someone different. What should I do when I like a girl? The way they wrote this makes me smile. What should I do when I like a girl, but none of my friends do? Like, dot, 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 they think she's crazy. <laughs> I think here's the answer. To the first one, how do you keep your friends out of your relationship? You don't. Don't keep your friends out of your relationship. It's not a good idea. That's a really bad idea. Again, like, I'm not hating on your question. Like, that's an honest question and a, a fair question, but don't keep them out of your relationship. And to the second question, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Uh, I, my friends think she's crazy. Here's what I would say. If your friends think she's crazy, there's probably two options here. Either you're crazy, <laughs> sorry, maybe three options. You're crazy, I'm just kidding. Really two real options. It's, it's possible 
Though I'm going to say not likely that all your friends are crazy and you need new friends. But here's what's more likely. Maybe your girl, the girl you like really is crazy. <laughs> Think about this. And unless you just have some terrible friends, if a large portion of people you know and your friends think someone, hey, that, that's bad news, or maybe even they say, hey, she's a good girl, but that does not seem like a good fit for you, or vice versa, like, hey, girl, that, he seems like a good guy, but that's not a good fit. If they're all saying that, you should probably listen. Is that fair? Like, and just to, again, like, push that a little bit further, I think why I feel very confident that it's fair is because what typically happens and I did this in high school uh, with a girl. I remember Richard, our middle school pastor, or he's a high school pastor now, but him, my parents, several other buddies. Um, I was dating this girl named Katie, and like she wasn't a bad person, but they were all like, bro, this is not good. What are you doing? And I was like, I, I got mad, and I was like, y'all just don't know her. Y'all don't know me. And I, like, I remember like about a month after we broke up, I like, apologized to them. I was like, I'm an idiot. Like, like y'all were looking out for my interests, but... Because of like selfish desires and sinful desires, I was tuning them out. Man, don't do that. That's, that's really, really dangerous. Community is huge. Um, I, I want to move on for the sake of time uh, and transition this way. So, again, we have prayer, clarity, autonomy, um, grace, now community. I think community is also really important leading to this sixth idea, and that is, so again, the, the, all these ideas being of like principles of how to date, and that is patience. That is patience. And here's what I mean, or how I'm connecting the two. Community is important because, excuse me, it helps you to be patient and it reminds you to be patient. Like I'll say it this way, all of us need a Jim Halpert in our lives. All right, sorry, I, the, the, I, I told somebody today, I was like, Amen. I'm, 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 I feel like I, unfortunately, may have quoted the office more than the Bible in this series. Hopefully not. I'm just kidding. Um, but, okay, so to, 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 to bring into light what I'm trying to say here. So there's an, if you don't know the office, I'll explain it to you, hopefully well enough that you get it. Um, Michael, he's a complete goof. He is maybe a fool, okay, but you can't, can't help but love him. He's the boss in the office. Well, he meets this girl named Holly. Um, because Toby's leaving. Goodbye, Toby. Anyways, he's, he, he's, he's, he meets this girl named Holly. And at first, he's trying to be mean to her, but quickly, he like really, really likes her because they're essentially the same person. And so um, he call, he's sitting in his, his office one day, and he calls Jim in to his office, and Jim comes in, sits down, and, Mike, and Jim's like, what's up? And Michael says, well, I'm putting together an MP3, and Jim's like, close, an MP3 mixtape. <laughs> and he's like, I think you mean MP3. Anyways, and says, so I'm putting together this mixtape uh, for Holly, and I want to really communicate two things on two levels. And Jim's like, what's that? And he says, one, welcome to Scranton, and two, I love you. <laughs> and so Jim immediately pulls the chair closer, and he's like, uh, Michael, you don't love Holly. And he's like, yes, I do. You're not a romantic, Jim. Um, and he starts to explain, again, he just met Holly hours before, so Michael is what, he's doing what I call Operation Fast and Furious. Like he met this girl and he's like, I'm going to marry her. Like I love her. And Jim keeps saying, you just met her. You don't know her. And that's when Michael's like, Jim, Jim, Jiminy, <laughs> you know, he says, I, uh, he said, yeah, again, you're not really a romantic. And he says, Jim, it was, it was love at first sight. And Jim kind of rolls his eyes. And Michael says, no, no, no. It was love. It was, I knew I loved her when I heard her voice. She came in the door. I heard her voice. He said, it was love at, verse, at first sight 
through my ears. It was love at first here, which is just like the dumbest thing ever. So Jim keeps trying to talk him out of it. So then later, Jim says, hey, like, just be a friend first. By the way, this is really good advice. Just, like, get to know her. Like, slow, slow down. You just met her. So later it shows um, Michael back there talking to Holly and, like, he's just having a regular conversation. Um, so then the next... It, it like flips again and it goes and Michael goes over to Jim's desk. He's like, I did it. I did it. And Jim's like, what did you do? He said, I talked to her. <laughs> and he's like, how'd it go? He said, just pleasantries, nothing serious, not religion or kids or what side of the bed you want. Just, just, just pleasantries. And Jim's like, that's good. And he's like, it was so hard. I wanted to kiss her. I just wanted to kiss her, but I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> and Jim's like, that's really good, man. <laughs> Y'all, we need, in all seriousness, we need, you need someone like that in your life, right? To say, hey, breathe. <laughs> or sometimes, honestly, sometimes, I mean, I do think some of us can use a little, like, kick to, like, hey, don't be scared to talk to them. <laughs> but, but just but breathe, like, easy, take it slow. Jeremiah 17.9 um, says that the heart is wicked and evil. Like, who can understand it? So here's what happens. You, you meet somebody, and immediately, like, you're like, oh, my gosh, listen, I, and you want to, like, fast forward things. And the reality is you can't trust the way you feel. So you need to slow down, right? Take things with patience. I think partly two reasons why that's so that's three. Two reasons why that's so important. First of all, I, 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 can't, I can't point to the Bible for this. It's just like logic thought, I think, that we don't think about when, when you're in a relationship. Part of the reason patience is so important, not even from a physical standpoint, but just from a verbal standpoint, you don't want to say things to someone that you wish you had only said to your spouse, right? Or even take that further. Even if you are going to get married to this person, let's say they are your future spouse, if you say everything early and you're always like just pouring out your soul and heart to them, you may get to like your proposal and have nothing exciting to say, right? I'm not saying like it's wrong. I'm not even talking about saying bad things, but just like if you're, if you're pressing the gas pedal by always putting your feelings out there, like I love you so much, and you just met them, like you don't, you don't have anywhere to go. Does it make sense? Um, so here's kind of like three things I want to say, and I don't want to belabor this, but I think three things like with this idea of patience. First of all, let it grow at its own pace. Like, let the relationship, don't manipulate it, right? If you're forcing it and trying to make things, like, work, like, no, just be patient. Like, it, it is what it is. Don't force it. Um, and also, I would say that when you're forcing it and you're being impatient, the reality is uh, you don't get a clear perception of, of people. We talked about clarity. If you're forcing things and manipulating it and trying to make it work and trying to rush it, you lose clarity. And, y'all, anyone can put on a good show for even several months, right? So, be careful, be, be patient, be slow. Um, another thing I would say about patience, it's not just about clarity, but it's also about not being miserable. Here's what I mean. Uh, I remember when Laura and I uh, got married. So we, we get in, uh, my friend let us borrow this convertible. We get in, get in this convertible and um, we start driving 
down A1. So we got married in Jacksonville, Florida. We start driving down A1, I really, yeah, up A1A, and it kind of parallels the coast. Um, the, the, that being the ocean, if you've never been to Florida. Anyways, um, not like, yeah, anyways. So we're driving, and um, don't worry, I'm not going to get weird here. But we're, we're going to our honeymoon. I'm kind of excited, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Like, I even had a uh, speak of mixtape, like Michael Scott. I had, like, my, my CD back in the day. It was only eight years ago. But had this CD in the car, like, that I prepared. Um, just, like, some good love songs and everything. And we're just, Lauren's like, please stop. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, we're driving. And partly just having an incredible conversation about, man, the wedding was awesome. It was great. And, and now we're going to go on a honeymoon. We're going to go to Belize. It's going to be incredible. Um, so we, we get to the hotel. Um, Again, don't worry, I'm not going to weird you out. But uh, some of you are looking at me like, where's he going? And uh, get out of the car and go in. And, like, man, we, like, this, this is the moment. So we go to the, we go to the, uh, like, the lobby where the desk is. And they, they're, they're ready for us. It's really nice until they're ready for us. They greet us. And, like, Lauren still has on her beautiful gown. I got on my little pimped out tux. I shouldn't say pimp. Anyways, got on my little tuxedo or whatever. And they're so excited. They're like, man, so Congratulations. Like we're, we're, and, and again, to, to be clear, I'm like, bro, like we're married. We fixed it to go to our hotel room. Like, let's go. Don't worry. <laughs> so, how? Listen, listen. I promise this is for for your good. You won't forget this. <laughs> Man, y'all <are> cringing. <laughs> uh, I'm too comfortable. Like I'm not embarrassed at all. This is bad. This is not good. Um, how frustrated and like, are you kidding me? And like, yeah, miserable would I have been if they would have said, Mr. Hayes, this is so great. We're so excited. But your, your room is not going to be ready till tomorrow. So if you guys want to hang out in the lobby, that would be great. I would have been like, oh, come on, right? Right? Hey, <laughs> I, t- I tell you that perhaps over the line story. To, to say this, when you rush your relationship and in your conversation and in being physical, push it to where you're, you're right there, meaning in your heart and your mind you're ready to be married, but really you can't get married for another two, three, four years, you're going to be miserable. Are you tracking with me? I see so many couples that they, they, get, they start dating, and that's all great. But then because they get physical and because they're talking about marriage all the time, what they do, they're pressing that gas, and they're driving metaphorically to the hotel of marriage. We'll just, I don't mean, I'm not talking about sex, but just like to like ready to be married. But the reality is maybe the, they're not going to be able to get married for two or three years. And so they sit there frustrated and miserable because they've tried to force themselves into a season that they're not ready to be in yet. Are you tracking with me? Be patient. I already said this, but how do you be patient? Or I alluded to it, I should say. First of all, don't get physical. Like, if you're making out all the time and doing more than that, like, you're going to be frustrated. I'm just telling you, you're going to be frustrated. Some of y'all, I don't have to, I don't have to convince you because you know that you already experienced it. Also, I, I wrote these down so I wouldn't forget, and now I'm forgetting them. Um, another way to like hit the brakes and slow down is don't. If you're spending all your time together in a dating relationship, you're 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 pressing the gas on that relationship. Does that make sense? I'm not saying you can't spend time together, but if you're always spending time together, like you, what you're doing is it's like you're preparing for marriage, and if marriage is still like 
I would say more than six, seven months away, then you need to back off. You shouldn't be spending all your time together. Because even as a married couple, like, this is the first time, well, I mean, uh, over there when, I, when she walked in, like, at 8 o'clock or 7.55 was the first time I've seen Lauren since this morning, like, at 7.45. Like, we don't spend every waking moment together, right? Um, so you're also creating something that's not real if you're spending every second of the day together. Um, another way to tap the brakes and to slow down is what you post. And i got to be careful here because this is like more of a pet peeve than maybe than like a real thing. But if you're always posting your undying love for each other and you've only been dating like three months, and in reality you couldn't get married for another three or four years because of financial or school situation, you're putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. Does that make sense? Like, because you're, you're saying to the world, we love each other and we're committed to each other, but in reality, reality you may not be sure that you actually are, Right? <laughs> So be careful about what you post. And then the fourth thing I would say, and I need to move on because I'm belaboring this, is again the conversations you have. If you're, even if you know you're going to get, I mean, not to like uh, build us up, <clears throat> but Lauren and I, we knew I think pretty early that, hey, we're serious about each other. We want to get married eventually. We didn't really talk about it because we knew I needed to finish seminary and it was going to be at least three years. So we, we like, we had deep conversations, but it wasn't about like, well, how many kids do you want to have? And like, and what is our marriage going to be like? Because that's, that's a long time to sit in the, in the lobby. You tracking with me? So hit the brakes. Slow down. Um, the last thing I would say, and then I want to briefly touch on how do you know you know. last thing I want to say about patience is just, again, Ecclesiastes 3. There's a season for everything, right? There's a time and season for everything, so enjoy the season you're in. If that's being completely single, no boyfriend, girlfriend, Enjoy, and Allie's going to talk about this wherever Allie is a little bit later. Enjoy that moment. If it's single in God's eyes, but you have a boyfriend or girlfriend in our eyes, so to speak, enjoy that moment. You're not married yet, so don't, you don't have to act like you're married, right? I think sometimes we have this idea of like, well, even as a dating couple, we're going to act like we're married. That's stupid. Don't do that. Um, you're not married yet. So enjoy the season you're in is what I would say. You all with me? Um, right, this next part, I, I, I don't have to be... I'm going to be more, a little bit more bullet pointish, if that makes sense. And if you're like, hey, I'm curious about what you said. I'd love to talk to you afterwards and more about it. We're going to kind of skim this a little bit. And that is, again, the idea of how do you know that you know? Like, how do you know, like, you're going to marry this person? First of all, like, an overall principle I would say about this, that question, if you're asking it in the sense of, like, how do I know that I found the one? That's not going to work well because, I, again, there is no the one. The, you're putting unnecessary pressure, again, on yourself. But if the question is, how do I know that I know that I, I want to commit to and marry this person? That's a fair question, okay? Make sense? See the difference? Uh, if it's, how do I know this is the one person out of seven billion I'm supposed to marry? That's a lot of pressure, right? But if it's just, man, how do I know that I'm ready to commit to this person? Fair question. It's interesting. I, I've talked to several people the past couple of days about about this question, like, and I've asked married people or engaged people, said, hey, how, did you, how did you know that that's who you were going to marry? And everyone has really, including myself and including Lauren, has, has struggled to answer that. It's like, man, it seems like a simple question, but that's really difficult. You know why? Because there's no magic formula, right? And it wasn't like, well, actually, I'm not trying to think. It wasn't like, you know, May uh, 2010, I walked into... Moe's Mexican food, and there was Lauren, and God said, she's the one. Like, like that, that's, that's, that's not how it works. I, I think some people uh, say that, and I, honestly, I think part of it, maybe 
this is completely my opinion, but I think sometimes they're just romantics, right? Like, I saw them, and I knew it was it. Like, I, even that, I would say, but surely you spent some time evaluating after that, right? Like, like surely you just didn't see them and think, I'm going to marry them. Now, I'll be straight up. When I saw Lauren, I was like, man, she's pretty. Um, and the more we, even after the first date, I was like, man, I like this girl, right? But it wasn't like, I'm going to marry her. Um, <laughs> because I, I don't even know who she is, right? Um, so, Again, I, I'm not trying to hate on people that say, I just knew right away, but I think that's maybe a little bit of a romantic idea. And, like, I just don't No one I've talked to in a serious conversation that's not trying to, like, impress a crowd, like at a wedding or something, no one has ever said that. It's always like, man, that's a good question. Here's what they normally say. It was a process. Which dating is what for what? Evaluation. A process of evaluation. Sorry, a process. I messed, I messed you up. A process of evaluation, right? So it makes sense godly, solid, married, married people would say, yeah, it was kind of a process. I was even, and by the way, just to kind of maybe give a little more oomph to what I'm saying, uh, I was talking with Jackson Bailey and will soon be Emily Bailey because now they're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with Jackson and Emily and they got engaged this past weekend. And I asked them this question. They both kind of said the same, same thing. Yeah, it wasn't like a sign in the sky as much as like spending time together, evaluating, the, evaluating each other, and coming to the realization of like, yeah, I want to, like Jackson's saying, I want to marry this girl. And Emily's saying, I want to marry this guy, right? Like, like, like it's saying, hey, this is, I want to commit to this. So again, there's not this sign in the sky kind of idea. However, I do think there's some, and this is where I'm going to get kind of bullet point uh, on you. I do think there's some like principles, some ideas that you can kind of look for and that, that should be present. You with me? So we're going to walk through them super, super quick. Um, the first one goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. And I'm going to set like three words for the first one. Path, passion, and pace. Path, passion, and pace. That's, that's what I experienced with Lauren, absolutely. The more I got to know her, I realized we were on a similar path. We have a lot of similar passions, and I feel like we're running towards Jesus at a similar pace. That's good, right? That's healthy. That's something you want to look for. Um, but again, it takes time to see that. Uh, the second thing I would say, Lauren, like, for sure, again, a lot of personal stories, sorry here, but like, for sure, then and now, I've said, makes me happy. But something that was different about her than other relationships was she made me want to be a better man. It wasn't just like, oh, man, I like spending time with her. She makes me happy. It was like, man, I want to be a better dude because of her, right? That's a good thing <laughs> because it's not just about getting pleasure from someone, but, man, they make me better, and I hope I make them better, right? Like she challenged me to be not just cooler, which is, I have a lot of work there, <laughs> but, but to, be, to be more godly, right, to, know, to pursue Christ. Um, so that was the second one. The third thing I would say is a, a strong sense of commitment, so I love this. This is a quote from the book. Um, but it says, many people who are dating great people who aren't a great fit kind of already know it's not the right person. And as soon as difficulty arises, the first voice that speaks in their mind says, I know this relationship ain't right. When I, when I read that, I thought, I look back to prior relationships before Lauren, and like, yeah, it resonated. That I think when you're in a relationship, but, but it's, it's not right. As soon as difficulty comes, this kind of, this, this desire to like, man, I don't know if this is working, or, or to force it, like, well, this isn't working, but I guess we'll try to make it work. No, I think when it's, a, when it's a good, solid relationship, 
first of all, overall, things naturally kind of work. Like, like Lauren and I, I remember, we would say, sure, we've had disagreements and stuff, but for the most part, it just works because we're a good fit, right? Like, it, we don't have to, we're not always working through things. No, it's just a good fit. But even when we, when, when we were dating and there were, like, issues, it wasn't like, man, maybe we should just break up. I never felt that. It was always like, man, I want to work through this. So that strong sense of commitment that we both felt, that's a good sign, right? That, like, man, th- there's more than just an infatuation. I'm, I'm finding myself committed to this person. Um, the next one, super quick, growing skill of communication. So I think a good sign, like, man, maybe this is a good fit. Maybe this is a person I'm going to marry, is you, you grow in your ability to talk with each other. So when you have difficulty, when there's drama, three things you don't do. One, you don't just blow up on them. Well, forget you. You're an idiot. Like, that's not a good sign. Um, another thing you don't do is, <coughs> excuse me, is silent treatment. Like, if, in, if, if you're in a relationship right now, anytime there's drama, it goes to silent treatment. We're not going to talk for a day or two or whatever. That's not healthy. That's not good. That's not a good sign. And that's not like, oh, we'll just work through it. No, that, that's not a good sign. Um, or, or I would say, man, this one, I've seen it too much, uh, honestly, with, with, like, this generation, is think there's drama. And normally the guy, unfortunately, is the guy that instigates this. But there's drama, there's issue. And to get past it, they just get physical. Like, oh, like, even, so at the very, like, base level, like, just flirting, like, oh, come on, come on, girl, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what this is. Um, like, like and, you, and there's kind of this flirting, and because, like, just being real, because your body reacts to that, it does kind of allow you to push through those things, but the problem is you never dealt with the issue, right? So I would say either way, guys or girls, if the person you're dating, anytime there's drama, just wants to be like, oh, don't worry about it, and, like, get all cute and cuddly with you, you can say, hold up, no, we need to talk about this, okay? Don't, don't play that game with them because um, you'll end up in an unhealthy relationship. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> uh, number five on this list is, uh, so again, how do you know You know that you're not, you're not settling? And I don't mean like, oh, you know, I really, I really wanted a girl with blonde hair. She has brown hair, so maybe this isn't it. I don't want to settle. No, that's stupid. But settling in the sense of like, um, the, the, you, knowing you're not settling in the sense of, man, I wanted someone who was, I knew was serious about their faith and was going to read their Bible and talk with God. Like, yeah, don't settle on that, right? If you happen to settle on that, then, then don't settle. Like, don't be in that relationship. And the final thing real quick on that one is, again, this has been a theme throughout the whole series, is community. Community. I think it's a really bad mistake if you're in a relationship and you're wanting to maybe take the next step of engagement, to ignore people who may be telling you two things. One, I don't think it's a good fit. Or two, man, I don't think you're ready. you got some stuff to work on. If, if your parents or godly friends or church folks who are investing in you are saying, hey, I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if this is a good fit. You really should tap the brakes. <laughs> man, there was something about on our wedding day standing there before our friends and family, knowing that everybody was like, man, we are for this, that just boosted our confidence, right? Like, one, it was just a really cool moment, but when you're standing there saying your vows and you're committing, saying for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and in health, and when you're saying that, but then looking out, like for us, at a crowd about this size of people going like, yeah, we got your back. I mean, they weren't literally going, yeah, we got your back. <laughs> but, but when you know that's the posture of their heart, Man, like, that does wonders for your soul. Like, man, we, we got a team behind us. Community is so important. So here's how we're going to finish out tonight um, before we do connect groups 
is, and we're going to be quick with these, but I want to kind of camp out under the umbrella of community by having Lauren and I and David and Allie kind of answer some of your questions, hopefully give some community feedback to your questions, and then even for you all to be able to talk about some of that stuff and your connect groups. And so um, without further ado, please welcome Lauren, David, and Allie. Everybody good? You hanging in there with us? I will not say anything about your microphone this time. <laughs> I've already said some things I probably shouldn't have tonight. <laughs> um, I have a lot of things I'm filtering right now. First of all, I didn't know where that story was going to go, so I was kind of nervous. <laughs> but Brandon left out the part that when we were leaving where we got married, oh, yeah. we had borrowed this um, his friend's really nice car. Like, it was a dad, but a really nice car. And so we get in it, and everyone's like, woo, like they threw rose petals. And um, <laughs> Brandon was trying to roll the top down. And he couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you hear there's like, <laughs> and then nothing happens. And so everyone kind of goes, woo. <laughs> and Brandon tried to do it again. And then every, I just see my dad laughing. <laughs> so that was our really grand exit. It was, it was epic, We couldn't yeah. figure out how to work the car. Not very epic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I actually broke it again when we got to the hotel. I was just yeah, nervous. you did. You yeah. had to apologize to him. Yep. Not, not the best start. <laughs> Anyways. Um, hey, so... I almost said, hey, so um. um <laughs> so this is David and Allie. As you all know, I, I want to point something out real quick. So Lauren and I in April have been married eight years, which doesn't seem possible, but it's true. Um, oh, yeah. Raise the roof. Not how I taught you. Um, office, anybody? Again? I got to stop with the office quotes. Anyways, so David and Allie have been married for? Since December 23rd. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, it's also exciting. Not quite a year. So... <laughs> Lauren and I dated for uh, almost four years before we were married. We were about three years before we were engaged, three and a half years of dating, and then about six months of, um, of engagement, where their story was completely different. Y'all met in, t- help me out here. In January, like the very end of January, beginning of February 2017, and like started dating like a month-ish after we met. I guess officially we had met way before that, but anyways, she didn't like me then, so <laughs> I just I don't, uh, don't, don't include that part. And then I proposed on August the 19th, and we got married December the 23rd, and today is today. So <laughs> there you go, it. yeah. So it's been, it's been um, yeah, it was, it was less than a year between, like, first met to wedding day. Very different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I'll point out. Neither one of these is better than the other. Everybody's story is different. Here's what's going to happen because it's happened to all of us, and you've probably already experienced it too. Anytime you're talking about dating and relationships, people always think your story should be the same as theirs. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. And so realize your story doesn't have to be the same as anybody's. And I want to say this too. Our, because I was still finishing up seminary and like we... I really felt like, and she felt like I needed to finish school before we got married. So we had a slow, patient um, process where theirs, because of their life situation, I, I was telling, at all. huh? 
said, not patient at all. Yeah, not patient at all. Fast and furious. But actually, even though ours was so slow and patient, I was telling, we were talking about stuff, David and I, and I he was talking about Allie and everything. And I was saying, dude, I'm not saying you should rush this and be stupid, but nothing says you have to wait four years, right? Because of his life situation and her situation, like they were able to go through the process a little bit faster. So I, I didn't say this earlier, but I wanted to talk about it with, with them on the stage, kind of give you more of a visual thinking about it, that really you're the the pace of your process really depends on two things. Like, you're, or really one, one thing, like how soon can you get married, <laughs> right? If you, in reality, you're going, man, I'm 20 years old, I have a, I have a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, but um, I really probably wouldn't be able to get married for three or four years, then your pace should be slow. Yeah, yeah, this is, this, this is not that complicated, right? So what I see couples do, again, it's repeating, but I think it's because it's a big deal, is couples knowingly admit, yeah, we couldn't get married for three years, but they go ahead and rev up the engine and, like, get so, like, they're, they're ready to be married, but they have to wait three years. It's going to lead to trouble, disappointment, and they're going to be miserable. Don't do that. Um, I would say either wait, be patient, or do what they did, get on with it, okay? Um, so that said, Allie uh, is going to talk about our first question, I think. We have those questions back there um, that we can put on the screen so we all kind of see them. And I tried to, tried to type these out as, as they were written. And so it says, how can I be patient and be okay with not dating right now? I've never dated. Uh, these are similar questions. They're, kind of, they're not from the same person. I've never dated. How do I fight the sadness of being alone? Um, which, yeah, being alone can suck. Like I want to level with you there. So, Allie, can you kind of help tackle that? So this question is really um, close to my heart um, because I spent the years 24, pretty much 23 through 27 single. Um, and as you know, the culture down here in Texas in the South is usually get married by 20. Um, my sister had gotten married at 17 and had six children by the time she was 30. So you're just, yeah, so opposite end of the spectrum, right? Um, so you're sitting here like, why? Why don't I have what other people have? And that always boils down to comparison um, and not being grateful for what God has given you in the moment um, and constantly thinking that someone else's life is better than yours. And so what I did was instead of, and I say this because I look back and I'm, I get kind of angry with myself of um, how much time I wasted uh, during that time of singleness uh, where I could have been doing so many great things for the Lord, and um, I think I did do those things, honestly, but I don't think that in the moment I was happy with that, and I was just constantly looking to the other side of, mm. my life sucks, I hate everything, I don't have any, you know, and it's like, I had really good things, and I had a great job, and I did really good things in those years, but while I was going through it, you know, you're just, you're not grateful, and it's kind of like a big slap in the face to God, because he's given you all these wonderful things, and you can't see them, because you're focused behind him around to something that isn't for you yet, <laughs> um, so it's really being content in where you are, which I know is absolutely 100% easier to say um, than to actually walk through it every day, so my advice, honestly, is to do things, um, insert yourself into ministries and volunteer. And if you think that you're really bored and all of that, don't be. <laughs> there are so many things that you can do. And I'm not trying to say just fill your time, but I'm saying focus outward. Uh, Brandon talks a lot about whenever we focus inward, um, we start to get really selfish, right? Um, and you think of, oh, poor me, and you pity yourself all the time, which is a really aggressive way to say that. But 
it's true. We need mm. to focus outward, focus on other people, love God, love others, mm. right? Um, so that's, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and when you do that, God continues to make you who you need to be for when the time comes, right? And I, I wasn't going to say this, but I, real quick, and I'm, I'm killing our time here. But I was talking with Emily and Jackson, um, who are super excited about being engaged. They really are. Like, they're super excited. But uh, Lauren, and they, talked, they had already talked about it together, Jackson and Emily. <clears throat> but Lauren had asked Emily, do you feel what's it like being engaged or something like that? And Emily's like, it's still, I'm still me, right? And so as excited they are, it's not like they morphed into this happier person, right? Like, we always, we always want the next thing, and the reality is, like, you're still you, right? So enjoy, enjoy where you're at. Be content where you're at. Uh, so now kind of looking, that's, that question is kind of looking at it from, like, I, I want to be with this person. I want to be tired of being lonely. If we can go to the next question, this next question is for Lauren. This kind of flips it around a little bit. Um, there it is. How do you provide clarity? I thought this is written so politely. How do you provide clarity for someone that you don't like as a boyfriend, girlfriend? <laughs> like, that's such a polite way to say that. I don't like you, fool. Um, so Lauren, in her gracious way, will provide some clarity for us. <laughs> oh, that is a hard one. Uh, I think I would just say, so it's hard and uncomfortable to have to tell someone who's shown interest in you that, no, I'm not interested, or I don't, I'm not attracted to you, or no, I don't want to date you. But what I would say, and we've kind of talked about this with this whole series, that clear communication is just always the best way to go. So, of course, no one wants to have to look someone in the face and say, no, I'm good, I don't want to date you. But the, and that's like, it's okay that that's uncomfortable, because that would be kind of weird if you got pleasure out of that, right? Like, maybe something's a little off. Uh, so it's completely normal to feel uncomfortable and that that be like something that makes you nervous. But as uncomfortable as that could be in the moment, it's way better than dragging something out for weeks or months and kind of like dropping hints or thinking you're dropping hints and the other person, it just, like, emotions are heard on both ends. So I think to go ahead and just honestly say, uh, you know what, I actually don't want to be your boyfriend or girlfriend, as hard and not fun as that could be, it actually helps both of you. Mm-hmm. And the other person isn't probably likely going to be like, well, thank you so much. I'm, <laughs> I just really appreciate that you said that. But they're going to look back and be glad that you did that instead of just dragging them through mm-hmm. the mud. And I also would say, I know sometimes... I don't, uh, I don't know if this is just a girl thing or if guys do it too, but sometimes we think we like drop hints that we're not interested and just tell them. Mm-hmm. I know before I've been with guys, I've been confused, like, does he like me? Does he not? I don't know. And so just be honest with them. Um, I think, yeah. That's how I got Lawrence, kept pursuing her, and finally she quit dropping hints, just gave in. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the next question is kind of the opposite of that one. And it says, uh, how do you navigate feelings for, for your best friend? And I would say, just kiss them and see what happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I was trying to set with a straight face. I couldn't do it. Um, no, don't do that. Uh, no, I, I'm going to give a quick answer here because you heard me talk a lot tonight. I, I would say you can't live in that tension forever, right? 
So like at some point, you're just going to have to be honest with them. And, and, and realize that it, yeah, it, could, it could go really poorly. Maybe their dreams will come true, right? Um, I, I don't know. But I think you have to trust God with that. I think there's this fear of like, well, I'm not ruining the friendship. And I'm going to say, like, you might. Like, you, you really might weird them out. But if you really like them, then at some point, you're going to have to be honest with that. So, that, yeah. Or just kiss them and see what happens. I don't know. No. Um, the next one is, is for... Uh, David, I think it's a great question. Um, how do we find someone who is like-minded, uh, especially in terms of someone who wants to remain sexually pure and grow in Christ? Yeah, that, that is a really good question, like a really good question. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to be pretty quick, and I don't want that to come across as like um, like blunt and insensitive. But, so I'm going to read a, read a scripture. This is Psalm one verses one. Brandon helped me find some really good supporting scriptures. So, um, this is Psalms chapter one verses one through four. Y'all probably have heard this before. It's, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. <laughs> in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Um, so this, the reason, I think you're going to see what the reason I said that. I don't want it to come across as insensitive, but so I'm going to give like a bad example and a good example. So bad example, um, be super real. So like if you're like going to, if you're like saying, hey, I'm trying really hard, David. I go to Chimmy's every weekend and <laughs> I stay there until they close. And I just don't understand. Every guy, every girl that I end up with is just all, just wants to do bad stuff. Like, it's, it's not in it for the right reasons. I'd be like, okay, um, maybe Chimmy's isn't the best place to s- search for uh, your, your, your um, wife material or husband material or whatever. Um, um, so then good example, like get in a connect group and, mm-hmm. um, and actually, actually get really involved in the journey or whatever at a church because, and not just like coming, like it, it takes time. And just like, just like that bad example often may yield like quick, but not good results. Um, the other, the other side of that can take some time, can take patience, yeah, yeah. but, but right, like, <laughs> You want somebody that's good, somebody that's pursuing Christ, and that's that's worth being patient for. So it's worth being patient for. <laughs> well played. <laughs> no, that's good. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a similar question uh, for Allie, and that is: so we have a screen back here. If you see us pointing, we're just we're seeing what you're seeing. Um, and the next one is: uh, how do you move forward in your relationship when you struggle physically? We're both aware, and we want to fix it. And I. Like, I think it is absolutely true that a godly couple can be there. Like, we, we experience that. Of like, man, we, like, we don't want to keep making out or whatever, but, like, how, how do we fix that? So I think it's a very fair question, um, even as believers. Allie, you want to help us? So Brandon also helped me find some <laughs> good Bible verses. Um, and we, he found this one. Um, it's Romans 13, 14. <clears throat> But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Um, so this question is going to, my answer is going to be fairly aggressive because I feel like it needs an aggressive answer. Um, 
the best way I can think of to stop being physical is to quite literally stop being alone, mm-hmm. just you two. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely 100% get to know someone in a public place. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in a bedroom at 11 o'clock. Like, you just don't. Um, and I think it's a myth from society and culture that, oh, we need to be on the couch and blah, blah, blah. And sorry, hey. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, get away. <laughs> she just gets away. Okay. <laughs> but um, try to be around other people. Um, if you know that one of you lives in an apartment by themselves and one has roommates or something, maybe only if you're wanting to hang out, go to the person that has roommate's house. Or mm-hmm. the phone is a wonderful tool. Um, you just, you're fooling yourself if you think that you can only get to know somebody by just you two, by yourself together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds very like junior high or something, but I mean, for real, treat yourself like you're 15. Um, because it doesn't get easier as your relationship continues. If when you get into that engagement stuff and stuff starts to go forward, mm-hmm. your your feelings go cr- cl- grow closer and you your urges get bigger. Like it doesn't get easier. So if mm-hmm. you can have the willpower to set those boundaries, and that's quite literally the best way is to be uh, with an accountable person, um, wh- whether that's roommates or whoever, friends or whatever. Make sure that you're you're talking with them and you're being honest and get to know them in public areas. Um, and this is, I say this because this question is specifically for people who are being physical and mm-hmm. want to not. Like you have to make an aggressive mm-hmm. like step in the right direction because mm-hmm. it's not going to be like, oh, let's just talk about it. Like, no, yeah. you're going to fall into yeah. the same things, you know? <laughs> just talk so. about it while staring into each yeah. other's eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, Again, similar, I try to kind of pair all the, the sexual, physical um, questions together. And so the next question uh, I'm going to quickly tackle is, how do you break off an unhealthy relationship that has gone too far sexually? And I, I've got some words I want to throw out at you real quick. Um, that's kind of some answers. And the first thing I would say is with grace. So grace toward yourself. It's not this like, I'm a terrible person. Why did I do that? Like, you need to embrace grace and run towards Jesus, right? That you're forgiven and loved and cleansed. Um, and then, so from there, treat that person with grace. So while, you know, my second word, I'll give in a second. Like, so meaning, you don't need to be like, we shouldn't be doing this. I'm a Christian. I'm never talking to you again. Like, I think, honestly, that's, I think it seems silly for me to say it that way right here. But I think I see that happen sometimes in relationships. People feel bad and guilty about, man, I shouldn't have done that. So then they take it out on the other person. Jesus treats you with grace. So you need to treat them with grace, right? So first word is grace. The second thing is with clarity, and that's the balancing word. So be, like Lauren was referencing this, and Allie kind of did too, be clear. Especially girls, like, guys, we, we're not always the fastest, especially when it comes to girls. Like, we're kind of like, wait, what, huh? And we, like, want to think that you're not breaking up with us. And maybe that goes vice versa. Um, so be, be clear. Like, be, be gracious, but be direct. Like Jesus, full of grace and truth right? You can do that, full of grace and truth. And so grace, clarity, and the third thing I would add to that, and she kind of mentioned this, is accountability. So if you know you need to break up with someone, this relationship is not healthy, it's not good, um, the reality is, especially if this aspect is in here of like gone too far sexually, it's going to be really difficult to break up because you're you're attached in some ways that you really shouldn't be um, and weren't meant to be unless you're married. And so I think a way to kind of push you over that edge in a good way of, of breaking up is you need some godly accountability to say, 
hey, bro, I love you, but you said you feel like you need to do this. Let's do this, right? Or for the girl, like, hey, girl, we got your back. You know you need to do this. Let's, let's move forward. Like, let's not sit on this for weeks or months or whatever. Does it make sense? Um, the last thing I would say is Thomas Chalmers. He was a Scottish minister, um, and he, he said, he asked, how do you dislodge a beautiful thing from the human heart? And beautiful thing being just something that you love and want to cling to, right? The answer is, he said, you replace it with a more beautiful thing, which is Jesus, right? Yeah. So I think if that's your situation and you're having a hard time letting go, part of the way you push out that relationship, and I think sometimes, excuse me, you can push it out like you break up, but then on the inside you're still like longing to be with him and you miss him so much. I think that's a real feeling. So the way you dislodge that is you replace that with, with Jesus, right? And if you're like, how do I do that? I mean, we'd love to talk more about that. Your connect group post can help you. Don't have time now to unpack that, but um, don't be afraid to ask, hey, how do I dislodge this with Jesus? We'd love to talk about that. Um, kind of moving a little differently is uh, the next one for Lauren, and that is girls are often seen as causing guys to have impure thoughts because of what they wear and what they do. Any thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I can, I can identify with that question. I, I can say that I maybe have felt the sense of that before. Uh, so my answer is that it's not an either or, like it's the girl's fault or it's the guy's fault, but I think it's a both. So I want to read a, a scripture verse for the girls. It's Romans 14, 13, and it says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. And so is there some responsibility on us as girls to not cause guys to have impure thoughts? Absolutely. And so uh, that can be through what we wear and how we act for sure. So we should always be thinking about uh, if what I have on is going to cause a guy to stumble or if it... Uh, in a sense, isn't and brings glory to God. Uh, so that should always be something we think about. But at the same time, I would say uh, that's not all on us. So Second uh, Corinthians ten five says, "Watch out, boys! Watch out!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, says, "Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ." So the guy also has a responsibility of when he sees a girl, regardless of what she has on, whether it's a burqa or super revealing, uh, you know, like you could go to the extreme, he still has a responsibility of whatever that thought is that pops into his mind of, the, of what he does with it. Mm -hmm. So do girls have a responsibility? Absolutely. And can they cause guys to stumble? Absolutely. But uh, I think it's a both. Uh, and when you think about the whole picture of Christians and brothers and sisters, yeah, a girl should uh, not dress crazy revealing to help guys who are fellow believers, but a guy should also hold up his end of making sure what his, that he's holding those thoughts captive and that um, they're pure thoughts. And then I would also say kind of something to think about is uh, if you, as a girl, if you want to go the route of dressing super revealing, like you will get attention. That's mm -hmm. a certain thing. So like you will get attention and guys will be interested in you Handsome, good, bad, ugly, everyone will be, give you attention. But maybe something I would tell you to think about is if that is what 
the guy is drawn to you by, then that's kind of a shallow reason for liking you. And I would argue that you're worth far more than just your physical looks. Mm. And so something to even kind of to take it further is if the relationship, either way, is based just on how they look or how their body is, you know, when your body changes, which it will, I mean, think about like, never mind, that's weird. <laughs> Okay, let me say. Oh, you're so inappropriate. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> your mom and dad probably aren't the same size they were in high school. Like, people right. just get bigger. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you look at the yearbook, you're like, whoa, that was like 40 pounds lighter. Um, maybe not. Not all people. Sorry. That's, I shouldn't have said it. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, our bodies change, right? Like, you get old. People get wrinkles. Like, I don't know an 80-year-old who doesn't have wrinkles. Like, our bodies just change. And so if the relationship is based on just how, like, hot she is with hardly any clothes on or how ripped he is, then it'll probably, <laughs> like, it just, sorry, that sorry. person could easily leave you for another person who looks better. Mm. So that would just be my caution of um, just another thing to think about with, with what you wear. I hope that made sense. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. You did incredible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, good. Hey, I, I think a good follow-up question is, this is for David. Uh, so how, a guy wrote this, but it could be for girls too. How do you guard against impure thoughts? I know you have a couple of verses you want to share. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got you to gotta fight real hard. So let's, let's talk, we're going to talk about three, three things. So first thing is, I'm going to read Psalms chapter 119, um, and this is 9 through 11, I think. Okay. So it says, um, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart, I seek you. Um, let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, right, like when Jesus was tempted, he, he fought with the word of God. And mm -hmm. like, that's how we need to fight. We, we, you mm -hmm. got to have the word of God in mm -hmm. your heart. Okay. Next one is um, Philippians 4. This is 8 um, through, or I think it's just 8. Mm -hmm. Um Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, yeah, I think it's just that one. Um, and, and so it's like, yeah, you, you got to surround yourself with good stuff. So, um, right, like, so when you get married, I don't know so I'm just going to talk generally I guess, to a guy, but... Um, when you get married, you don't stop being tempted. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you gotta you gotta address address it now wherever you are in your life. Um, and and man, I, I can even even as a married person, like there are days there are days where, and I can say amen if it's true, where it just feels like everything is coming after you, you mm -hmm. know. And so that's why, like, whatever is pure, whatever is true, you know, if that, if that's your phone, if your phone is what is not pure or what is not true, <laughs> then. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need a break for a little while, right? Yeah. Like if it's the TV you're watching, whatever. Yeah, I can keep going. Yeah, focus on what's true. Okay, and then, and then the last thing is going back to accountability. There's this mm -hmm. um, really funny video that is really old, but um, the really funny where this guy is a pastor, it's Ignatius. He gets up on the, he gets up on the platform and he um, says, 
He says, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. All right, now I want you to stand up if you struggle with impure, impure thoughts. And he's like talking, it's horrible, it's horrible stuff. Yeah, it's bad. Stand up and struggle with it. And he says, all right, now everybody open your eyes. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, oh, and the guy tries to sit. And he's like, no, stand up, stand up. Right? <laughs> and I think, so Brian said something really awesome at the Young Married's Vision Sunday a couple weeks ago. He said, we, we feel like that if our, um, if our sin gets daylight, that it's going to like grow and explode and devour us, okay? But what's true is the light destroys mm-hmm. sin. So, so, right, like, and I'm not, I know we joked before about, like, I, th- I feel like I've known, I've been in groups of guys and known groups of guys where it's just like, yeah, we meet every week and we talk about the horrible stuff we've looked at this week or whatever. And it's like, I'm not really talking about that per se, but it's like, man, you you gotta, you've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to put your sin into the light because Absolutely. really when it's left in the dark, it's growing. It's getting bigger. And, um, and yeah, so can't do that. Yeah, so God's word, focus on what is pure and, and we need accountability. Good, awesome. Good. I hope you're, yeah, taking this stuff down. Um, this is a lot of questions. <laughs> I promise we're almost there, God. I've got this and then Lauren's got one and we're done with the questions. Where's the safeguard on our relationship in relation to the mental and spiritual aspect of relationship? For example, Bible studies and prayer. Um, what steps or things can you and the person you're dating do to actively grow in your faith and walk with God? And I'm going to stop there for a second and answer that. So here's what I would say. <clears throat> I think that's a, a, a good question, a fair question, but I would be careful. Remember last week, if you weren't here, I'll recap real quick. We talked about the triangle and how people have always said, like, this is you in this corner and you're whatever loved one in that corner and God's at the top and the closer you get to God the closer you get to each other I think often people like oh we're gonna read the Bible together we're gonna pray together and they think that God's gonna protect their dating relationship and it'll be perfect and they'll they'll love each other and so really it's just using God to try to make yourself happy and that's just dangerous does that make sense like so I'm not saying don't read your Bible together ever I'm not saying don't ever pray together but I would just be careful about about that um and I would say and I mean this uh, it's my opinion, but I feel pretty strongly about it. I think it's really truthfully more important, especially when you're not married, to just really focus primarily, like, try to grow as an individual in Christ and not just as a couple. Like, and honestly, we could probably do that more as a couple. We pray together and things. We talk occasionally about like, what we're reading in Scripture. But I, you can't try, I can't try to get my growth in Christ through her, Right? So don't try to do that in a dating relationship for sure. Like just, again, I think it's a good question, but I, I would say maybe to cut to what I think you're really asking, I would say don't come up with some plan f- for your relationship, how often you're going to read the Bible, how often you're going to pray. I would just say, yeah, occasionally, like maybe say, like a, besides your like, praying for your food, like maybe you sit down one night and really say, hey, how can I pray for you? I'd love to pray for you right now. Or like, man, what's God teach you in Scripture? But I, I, I don't know that I would recommend, like we're going to go through this Bible study together. Like I don't know if I'm being straight up with you, most of the times I've seen couples do that, it's not gone real well. I don't know why. I just, that, for whatever reason, it hasn't seemed to work that well. Like it seems to bring confusion to what's the priority, the relationship or Christ. And then the, the, second, the last question, great question, should a dating relationship reflect the complementary structure of marriage to any degree? It's like, what the crap does that mean? Um, it's a good question. It's from Ephesians, so that, and the idea being that it's a complementary relationship so that Man and woman are equal with different roles, and the roles as defined in the Bible is that the man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church sacrificially, and that the wife is to follow, to submit to the husband as the church submits and loves Christ. 
Um, and so just to clarify what that means, because sometimes people are like, dang, what's that mean? Submit? I'm submitting to no dude. Um, I don't know why I got all like, anyways. Um, but what that means is, and I think Lauren would attest to this, that when I'm loving Lauren sacrificially, like Jesus loves the church, she has no problem following my leadership. And it's not even like, I'm going to follow Brandon as much as she's just like, yeah, like, man, I love the way he loves me. Like, let's, let's do it. Um, I want to go where he wants to go, that kind of thing. And so that, that's kind of what the Bible is talking about there. And I would say, again, you're either single or you're married, right? So I think in dating, I would be careful about trying to like, oh, I'm going to like lead her like Christ leads the church. Like you're not married. And it, I think is it to be a little more clear, is it fair as the guy to say, man, even when I'm dating, like we're dating, I, I want to love her like Christ leads the church. And this is like I want to in the sense that I want to sacrifice for her and, like, put her first. I think that's fair. But where I would not go and I would, like, have a bone to pick with you if you did is you were like, man, we're dating. She's supposed to submit to me. Like, you need to be punched if that's your attitude. Like, um, that, if that's your attitude in marriage, that's a problem, right? Like, Lauren would punch me if I'm like, submit to me, woman. Um, <laughs> like, that would not go. Yeah, see, that, that face is like, I will kill you. <laughs> um, so, again, I think I took that question way further than the person meant it to be. But I think it's a great question. I think it's like from a genuine godly heart of saying like, man, I want to do this right. I would just say love her, put her first in the sense of like put her before your own selfish needs. But don't push like this. Don't push the marriage structure because you're not married yet. Um, Make sense? Make sense? All right. um, Last question is um, for Lauren. And it is, my boyfriend and I have talked, and we know that we're eventually getting married. I think that's fair. I'd, you eventually reach that point. I love planning, so we talk about it a lot, and my Pinterest is full of wedding ideas. I feel like I think and talk about it too much. What's too much? Any thoughts? <laughs> Lauren is a planner as well. Yes. <laughs> Which, first, congratulations, whoever you are. <laughs> Super excited that you're dating and know you're going to get married, so that's really exciting. Uh, I think I'd probably say if you think that you're thinking about it and talking about it too much, you probably are. Uh, If you have that sense, it's probably right. And so really, I think Brandon and Allie both touched on some really great things tonight to think about in regard to this question of, Brandon talked about there's seasons in life, and so of enjoying and living in those seasons to the fullest. And so right now, this sounds like it's a dating season. So I would say don't rush the engaged or married. It's probably not very healthy to, to only like hone in and hyper-focus on something that hasn't happened. And then Allie really talked about, because higher than boyfriend dating married, we're believers, right? Mm-hmm. And so we <laughs> should always have a, a mark uh, in the Bible, Mark a 12 focus of loving the Lord, our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and then loving our neighbor as ourself, which is when Allie was talking about outward focus. That's exactly what that is. And so if, if all you're thinking about and planning is the wedding, uh, then it's a really hard to have that outward focus. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only other things I would add that I don't think have been added are um, weddings are really awesome. But I, I think I can remember what our centerpieces looked like. I've been in like 10 weddings where I was a bridesmaid, and I've been to a lot more. I don't remember a lot of the details about weddings. Mm-hmm. Like as beautiful as they were. I've been to weddings that were like super expensive, and then I've been to really simple weddings. 
And I just, you just don't remember a lot of those details. And so I would just encourage you as you go into that season or if you're engaged now, that the really exciting part is that you're getting married. And so the wedding's cool. And like, believe me, like Brandon is right, I am a planner. <laughs> like, you should have seen my table spreadsheet for my reception. Like, I'm with you on whoever this is. I love planning too. So I'm not saying that's bad, but just keep it in the lens of people are going to forget the details of the day. The important part is you're marrying a really awesome person. Mm. And so that's the cool Hopefully. thing to celebrate. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Lauren, she tried to tell me when I was asking her, how did you know, when did you know that you knew? And uh, she tried to say it was this gradual process. There was no epiphany. But I'll tell you the truth. When she saw my calves, she was like, that boy got some good legs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If anything, she was like, I'm not sure I want my kids to have those chicken legs. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, Carolina Tate was crawling last night, and she crawled over to Brandon and was like, patting like where his calf is. And I said, I know, baby girl, it's there. Just keep, <laughs> just keep patting. <laughs> I can't get no respect. Get no respect, man. Uh, anyways, I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> hey, here's how we're going to finish. You may, for some of you planners, you may be looking at the clock and going, bro, we're almost out of time. Here's how we're going to finish. Um, our, our connect group time tonight is super important, but it's also very simple and kind of short. I'll go ahead and tell you now the connect group time, the question is going to be there. Nothing you need to think about it right now. It's really just going to be a time of y'all sharing, hey, what's your biggest, like, takeaway or challenge or encouragement from this series. We've talked about a whole lot of different things. And so it's going to be a, a time to kind of like to vocalize. I think it helps internalize um, in your soul of just saying, hey, hey, here's kind of my takeaway or my challenge or what I need to chew on a little bit more. So that's all that's really going to be. So be pretty short and sweet tonight. But here's how I want us to end. Um, recognizing this could sound cliche. <clears throat> the reality is no matter what stage you're in, no matter what season you're in, there can be joy and there could be contentment and excitement in your life because there is always one who is pursuing you, right? His name is Jesus. <laughs> um, there's always one that cares for you and knows what's best for you. And so um, when you rest in that, whether you're single, dating, engaged, or married, there's joy in life and there's excitement. I think that keeps you grounded so that when storms do come, no matter what kind of where you're at in your journey, like you, you're grounded and you're, there's contentment because you know who is for you. And so um, I've asked David and Allie, and said, I'm going to ask Lauren to pray for us in a second. Uh, and I've asked them to, to lead it. And I, I know we, we opened up kind of having fun, a little goofy with the Stand By Me song, but we're going to sing um, Heart Won't Stop and, and just rejoice in the fact that we have one, no matter if you've messed up and like you, you've totally butchered and botched this dating thing and like you've messed up sexual all those things, to realize that there's grace. And even when, excuse me, it's, the song says, um, I can lay my head in Sheol, meaning like in the lowest depths, and still you're there for me, you still pursue me. Even So even if you've messed up and your past is broken, I mean, even in that moment, God has pursued you and loves you and cares for you. So this song really is a celebration of who God is, his faithfulness, his goodness to us. And that no matter where you're at, man, you've got that. And that's, that's really all you need. And so um, I'm going to ask someone to pray for us. Then we're going to sing this song. And then as soon as they're done, uh, since we finish uh, that song, we can head to connect groups. And again, it'll be a short time. We'll make sure we'll still out by 945-ish. And it's a little later than we've been doing this series, just giving itself to going a little bit later. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll be done by then after we answer that question. Everybody good? Awesome. Lauren's going to pray for us. Father, uh, again, I just thank you for this evening. And I thank you uh, just for the love that you have for us, God. I thank you um, that it's unconditional. 
even though the world and people don't love us unconditionally, I thank you that you do. I thank you that uh, that we can make mistakes and mess up um, in relationships, God, but that uh, when we repent, you view us as new creations. And that's just such a beautiful thought. I thank you for that. And so I pray for each person here tonight, God. I pray that um, they would feel your love, that uh, their identity would be found in you, and they would not compare themselves to where others are um, in their life stage, God. But I just ask that they would um, run after you and uh, disregard what the world says, um, where they should be dating or engaged or just um, any of that. And uh, I just pray for our connect group time. I pray for honesty and transparency and vulnerability. And I pray that in each connect group, uh, relationships would be strengthened. Thank you again just for how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBE.